Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You want to dedicate your kids to the Lord. What does that mean? What does that look like? You pray for those kids. You pay attention to them as they're growing up. Their little talents, their little abilities, their little special quirks. Every kid, anybody got more than one kid, you know one thing. Every single kid is different, but they're special. And they got this one talk a lot, and that one run fast, and this one thinks deep, and this one is emotional. And you just, you pay attention, you look at them, you start paying attention to what, God, what can you do with this one? And you pray for that. God, show me what I can encourage them and show me direction to point them in that their life would be just devoted to you. Lord, help me to be an example to them. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share some insights with you on how to dedicate your child's life to God. If you are a parent, you know that no two kids are the same. They each have their own incredible gifts and talents that make them unique. As Christians and as parents, it's your job to shepherd your child's unique, God-given abilities into something that can be used for the Lord. When you as a parent train your child to love and serve the Lord, there are fewer greater joys in life than to see your child serving God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 26 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Look at verse 27 now. It says now, it says, and if it is an unclean animal, then he shall redeem it according to your valuation and shall add one fifth to it. Uh, or if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to your valuation. So once again, if it's an unclean animal, which they don't offer a sacrifice, uh, there's a value put on it and it could be sold and that could be given to the Lord. Verse 28, nevertheless, no devoted offering that any man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man and beast or the field of his possession shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. So here goes the difference. We had things that were kind of committed, consecrated, sanctified, set apart for God. Um, and things sanctified by a vow. These are things that are set apart for divine use. They could be redeemed. Uh, these are things that God could use for his divine purpose. They could also be redeemed back at a, at the valuation price plus 20%. But something devoted to God was completely given over to the Lord. Um, it could not be redeemed. You could not go and get it back. Uh, once again, many times there was a further step. The devotion was a, a step further than consecration. Consecrating, I, I set this apart, it might be a temporary thing, but when I devote something, I'm never getting it back. I devote this to you, Lord. God, it may be something that's offered up in sacrifice. It's going to go up in flames on the fire. It's never going to be something I retrieve or get back. Um, it, it could be destroyed. It's going to be given completely to the Lord. So um, I, I just want to point out that for them, there were things to be consecrated. And again, they were separated. things. They may be, I, I consecrate my child. Dedicate them to you, Lord. Well, you don't expect your kid to be offered as a sacrifice. Um, that's not what we're doing. We're saying, God, we, we, we're giving them to you. We know you have a plan. We know you want to use them. And we all understand the difference. There are things that God wants to use for his purpose. And there are other things God said, give that to me. Just give it to me. Let me do what I want to do with it. I'm gonna, I, want, I want it completely given over to me. Um, devoted. So I would separate the two like this. Um, as believers... Some things that we would dedicate to the Lord. Um, I believe that we dedicate our lives to the Lord. But should our lives be dedicated or devoted? Understanding those definitions. Which one should it be? Dedicated or devoted? 
Hmm? Devoted. So we don't get it back, right? God, here, take it. Um, I don't get to take it back. I don't get to come back and get it, even though we do. Um, people be like, God, I give you my life. And next week, I, I give my life again. And a, a month later, God, I, I rededicate my life to you. Um, and I, I don't want you to feel bad because I think everybody here, if they'll be honest, have been in that same position. And that's why I said in the beginning, the, new te- the strength of the New Testament is not my dedication to God, though I should be dedicated. But the strength of the New Testament is his dedication to me. Um, I can't boast in my love for God. I can brag on God's love for me. I can't stand here and say, you know what? I love God so much. I do this for God. I love him. I love him. I love him. No, but I could brag about God's love for me. Man, he loved me when I was nothing. And he still loves me. And he's always going to love me. And he just said he loves me. I can brag on that. And, and, and that, that just it, it glorifies him. That's the benefit. That's the blessing. That's the, that's the amazing thing of the new covenant. That God would look upon you and me and say, I love you guys. I love you. And I choose you. I, 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 com- I keep committed himself to us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And for most of us, you know, you know what you are. Y'all know God didn't get a great deal with most of us. But he, he said, I want you anyway. You know, I want you. I care about you. Um, and so it, it really puts the New Testament believer in a really sweet place. And just consider this for a moment. If God chose you uh, when you were just a wreck, you were the, the, at the bottom, you were, you were the worst you could be. While you were yet still a sinner, Christ died. Covered that two weeks ago in Romans, right? That's when he picked you. God picked you. Think about your worst day as a non-believer. Your worst day, the, the grimiest. Don't think too hard on it, you in church. But just consider where you were at that, period, at that period of time. God said, I chose you then. I mean, I picked you then. It, 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 could it be any, I mean, could it, could it ever be worse than that? No. I mean, it could be. <laughs> Some of y'all. But uh, for most of you, know, not really. God said, I chose you then. I demonstrated my love for you then. And I've continued to commit to show my love for you. And so for the believer, we're walking in this, this really sweet place where God has said, look, I've, I've just devoted myself to you. Um, now, it should provoke in us a desire to be surrendered. It should provoke in us a desire to, to surrender, to devote ourselves, to, to consecrate our lives to the Lord. But the, 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 the motivation is different. God, I want to consecrate myself to you because you've done so much. You, 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 what, you, what, you've made the, what you've made available to me already is so wonderful whatever's left in this life that you think would be useful to you, I want to devote it to you, Lord. Just use it. Have it. Have my life. So back to what we're talking about, things that we might dedicate, uh, consecrate, set apart for the Lord. We may dedicate our, I believe that we, everybody here blessed with children. You want to dedicate your kids to the Lord. What does that mean? What does that look like? You pray for those kids. You pay attention to them as they're growing up, their little talents, their little abilities, their little special quirks. Every kid, anybody got more than one kid, you know one thing. Every single kid is different, but they're special. And they got this one talk a lot and that one run fast and this one thinks deep and this one is emotional. And you just you pay attention. You look at them. You start paying attention to what God, what can you do with this one? And you pray for that. God, show me what I can encourage them and show me direction to point them in that their life would be just devoted to you. Lord, help me to be an example to them. Help me to teach them how to follow you, Lord. I want, I want my kid to go to you. I want them to be dedicated to you. I want them to follow. I want you to have use of my kids. And for every parent, the greatest success as a parent is to get your kid out of your hands and into his. You, that's, that's, a, that's a successful parenting gig. Um, and we know parenting is difficult because every kid is different. 
And some kids won't even sit in your hands. So you're trying to like, I got to get them in my hands, get them to the Lord. And it's a challenge. But we're praying, praying for them. And that's, that's the goal, though, that we want to dedicate them to him. But never mind your kids. Dedicate yourself. Are you, are, you, are you dedicated? Are you devoted? Have you given yourself to the Lord? Does God have access and use of your life? Um, is there any part of us that's held back from the Lord? Notice what a dedication or a devotion is given over. So um, the only thing different with the dedication is you could go redeem it and get it back. And that's, that's more like what we can do with our lives. Um, because everybody here has said, God, have my life. And maybe God had it for a season exclusively. And then you got off that altar and you said, no, nah, I want it back. You didn't even give them redemption value either. You just took it back and you went back with it. And, and you may come back and forth with that. Um, but I challenge us all to consider, does God have access to your life? Are you devoted to him? Have you given yourself to the Lord? Do you need to give it back to the Lord? Um, are, there, are there areas of your life where God would say, give me that. Give me some time. Give me some time. He said, I want to talk to you. Devote some time to me every day. Devoting something that you can't get back. You devote some time to the Lord. You don't get the time back. But, but you get time with him and he gets time with you. Um, do we have time daily that we set aside devoted to the Lord? We should. God, I'm, I'm going to devote this to you. I know I can never get these minutes back, but I'm going to devote them to you and spend some time in your presence, in your word, allowing you to have access to me and to speak to me. So um, moving on now in verse 28. It says, nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man, beast, uh, man and beast or the field of his possessions shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. And so once again, the devoted things are different than the consecrated or dedicated things. They never can be redeemed or purchased back. They'll always be with the Lord. And many times it's because they're going to be burnt up, offered up. Verse 29, no person under the ban who may uh, become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but surely, uh, but shall surely be put to death. So let's say I got a son and he's got a death sentence. He did some criminal thing. And he's doomed. He's going to die for what he did. Um, I can't come and say, God, here, I dedicate him to you. You can have him now. Um, he, he's he's going to die. So I can't dedicate to the Lord something that's going to die, something that's got a death sentence on it. I can't take a person that's, that says uh, someone that's under the ban, that's someone that's got a death sentence upon them. I can't take someone that's going to die and, and say, God, here, redeem him. And take away that part of the law where they're supposed to die for whatever they did. Um, they can't be given to the Lord in that way. Verse 30. Uh, well, God, let's just say this. Interesting. Because for us in the New Testament, you and I were under a death sentence. But he took us. So I just want to point out some distinctions in this. Old Testament, God says if they've got a death sentence on them, they can't be given to me. New Testament, God says you guys had a sentence of death. You were dead while you were yet living. But you can, be, you can come to me. Uh, we can come to him. We can we can we can be surrendered to him. We can have a relationship with him. Verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, rather of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree. It is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And uh, once again, we just did a, a lesson on this um, out of our men's and women's discipleship. Uh, the disciplines of a godly man, disciplines of a godly woman. And in the disciplines of giving, it talked about the tithe. And if anybody studies the Old Testament tithe, um, you'll find that it wasn't really just 10 percent. 
Um, it was if you added up all of what they were required to give, it was closer to 25 percent. Anything they did over and beyond that was an offering was in addition to. So the free will offerings were in addition to those things. They gave of their grain. They gave of their animals. They gave of their the first fruits of the barley harvest and all the different things always were given to the Lord their first. And I just would point out once again, this wasn't because God was greedy. God wanted them to trust him. God said, I want you guys to trust me. See, if, 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 if when you, we talked about this, when we were covering this. When you, when you get the barley harvest, God said, when the, at the very first of the barley harvest, you don't know how well harvest season is going to go, but you got your first crop. God says, take from that first crop the best and bring it to me. Um, there's some faith involved, right? You, you, I'm taking the best bundle from this first harvest. What if this is it? You don't know yet. You don't know how the rest of harvest is going to go. God, but, God said, but while you don't know what's coming, I want you to bring it to me and worship. Give it to me. And trust me that the same God that blessed you with this is going to bless the rest of the barley season. God said, I want you to trust me. Part of giving is trusting. Anybody here that ties or gives to the Lord, especially if you're tight on your own finances, this is what people can do. They look at what they have. They look at what they need and they say, man, the Lord, I don't have enough to give to you. Um, some people don't have enough, period, rather you give or not. Um, and so they don't give in addition. They already don't have enough. And now I'm not going to give in, in addition to I'm going I'm to keep everything I have for me. And it's possible that people that live that way are always coming up short because they won't participate in God's process. Because they're trying to do it all themselves. That's this. This person here says, God, I don't trust you with what you bless me with. I, I got this for myself and it's not enough yet. When I get enough, I'll give you some, but not yet. Um, God wants us to be in a place. I believe even when there's not a lot that we still give. I give in faith. I give because I trust you. I give in faith. I give in worship, Lord. You know my heart. You know my circumstance. You know my situation. I look to you. Um, but we're to, pro we're to be a part of that process. So, um, again, it's an act of worship. It's an act of faith. It's a demonstration of our trust in the Lord. And so here God had embedded this into their culture. You guys are going to give. And when they didn't give, they were punished for it. Um, we're New Testament. We're not under the law. So a lot of people say, well, I'm not under the law. Now I do whatever I want. You know, I might give God a tip. Whatever I got left over from Starbucks, I give that to the Lord. Um, I'll tell you that that's not the way to give. New Testament, that's not how we do it. Um, talked about it in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. That we're to give to the Lord. We're to do it of a cheerful heart. Um, we're to be give willingly to the Lord. God doesn't want us to be. Um, God doesn't want anybody with their arm twisted like this saying, OK, OK, OK. And then giving. That's not his heart. Um, it's to be an act of worship. We don't walk around during praise and worship and say, how come you're not singing louder? How come you, your hands are raised here? How come not up here? We don't walk around and, 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 and challenge you guys to. It's, that's got to be out of your own heart. You know, whether you praise and worship the Lord, that's on you. Same as what you're giving. God says, I, but I want it to be something that grows out of your own love for me, your own heart for me. But here for them, it was law and they had to participate in that way. Again, New Testament, God wants us to be of our own free will. Um, he says those who sow bountifully reap bountifully. Those who sow sparingly reap sparingly. Um, it, it does have something to do with how we're doing. Um, if I'm a dam where everything that comes in gets stuck. Uh, and nothing flows through. Um, God says that's that's a problem. That's not that's not how I created. That was the same then, and it is now. Um, that is to flow through us. It's to be done in faith. And just a, a few things on giving. Um, it's true for them. It's true for us. Even though we're not under the law, 
Giving should be regular. Um, for them, it was regular. It was part of the normal thing. It's something they did on a regular basis. New Testament, Paul said, set aside on the first day of the week what you have for the Lord. Uh, it should be regular. It should be generous. Um, it should be something that's done. I, I, I'm not to be giving begrudgingly. I should be a generous uh, giver, a cheerful, hilarious giver. It should be cheerful um, and generous. And last, it should be regular. It should be generous. And it should be something I do in private. Um, we don't have you guys run down the aisle and say, I three people tonight going to give $100. And I have you guys run down the aisle with your $100 so we could all look at you and be like, hey, Dre gave $100, you know. Um, God says, I want, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, your father who sees in secret rewards you openly. So your giving is between you and the Lord. It should be regular. should be generous. Same was true for them. Um, their giving was mandatory. It was generous. Um, and it was it was kind of upfront because they were required to do it. So they were called on it. So last last section here. Um, verse 31. If a man wants to wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one fifth of it. Um, so uh, one of the things I read suggested if, if somebody uh, I've had people ask me this, too, like if I don't give like if, let's say I have my tithe and my offering, I was going to give it and I didn't give it. I spent it and then I'm going to make it up later. Do I got to add? Do I add? Is there is there is there, is there a, a miss my offering tax? Um, and again, we're not under a law, so I can't I'm not going to tell you, you know, you know, yes, you got to add 10 percent that I, I can't say that. But here God tells them, if you guys want to redeem any part of it at 20 percent, that was for them then. Um, so, you know, for what it's worth. Uh, verse 32 and concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So like I said earlier, um, the, everything that goes under the rod for the sheep, the shepherd, all the animals running through the sheep gate, the, the shepherd's rod, and they would literally count them off as they were coming in. If you had a big, large herd of sheep, and you just have, how do you check them in when they come in? You just tap them, one, two, three, four, five, and the tenth one would be, you know, set apart for the Lord. So when it says here that every, uh, whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy set apart, given over to the Lord. Verse 33, he shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Like I told you earlier, if if the shepherd's going like this and then the one that he really likes comes at number 10, like, oh man, that's 10. And he tries to do a switcheroo. God says, nope, I'm getting both of them. I get that one in, the one you tried to switch your me for, they both will be holy to the Lord. Last verse 34, these are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. And so this book closes, we've looked at laws, we looked at rules, dietary laws, uh, ceremonial laws, worship laws, how to do the feast, where to do them at, giving, you name it. We've covered many things in the book of Leviticus. And I want to point out a few things as we close this. Um, the first five books of the Bible span a period of time where many things are laid out. Genesis spans the longest period. Genesis is believed spanned approximately 2000 years. Uh, the book of Genesis all the way through it, which we, we covered uh, here on Thursday night. Exodus covered the lifespan of Moses. Uh, kind of took us from the beginning of Moses' life throughout his life. The book of Leviticus, all that we've covered in all this time, 27 chapters, covers two months of Israel. It's about two months of their history. 
Um, because it doesn't really take long for laws to be given out. Um, the other books that we've read have been more, uh, we've looked at stories and things and stuff that's happened. This stuff here, these have been laws that have been given out. This covered about a two month period. The next book we're going to cover, um, Numbers, covers about 38 years. And Deuteronomy covers only a period of just a few months. And so in Leviticus, we've seen civil law, moral law, ceremonial law, and components of the law of God. God instructing people how to walk with him, how to be right before him, how to serve him. This system that were set up in Leviticus are important because they were going to be under a under a law where the way they worshiped, the way they made things right, everything was going to deal with the priesthood. They were going to be the ones offering the sacrifices, keeping things going for God's people. Um, so God made sure that everything was detailed out. It was very clear. Um, I would say this, that God didn't leave room for people to mess things up. He said, this is exactly what I want. Um, he prescribed exactly how he wanted them to worship him, to give to him, to participate in his program. God said, I want you to do it like this. Um, I think anybody, for you guys that have been all the way through this book with us, any New Testament Christian should be able to read Leviticus and just say, Lord, thank you so much that I've been born now. Thank you so much that I'm under the new covenant. Thank you so much that I'm under the blood of Jesus, that I'm under this new covenant, that I'm not under this. I don't know. If I, I had a hard time studying, learning and teaching all the rules and the laws. They had to keep them. So, I mean, I look at this and I'm thinking, man, just I'm preparing and God's like, but at least you ain't got to live that. At least that's not how you got to live. I did it for you. I kept it perfect. I did it all for you. And so as we conclude this book, if I could, if I could elevate one thing, I think every book of the Bible really should point us to Jesus. The book of Leviticus teaches me this. It teaches me to value deeply what Jesus accomplished for me. To deeply value what Jesus accomplished for me. I'm not under these laws. I don't have all these rules and restrictions and things that I, I, I must do. Maintain a standing before God. Um, I don't have this. The Bible teaches me, the New Testament says that Jesus did this for me. He fulfilled the law for me. He did what I could never do for me. And then invites me now to come. I'm coming. I, I walk in free. I get this. I start off free. God says, now come in and walk with me. Be free of me. Enjoy the liberty of me. You're free from having to sin. You're free from ever having to be wrapped up in that bondage. You're free from any of those things. I have set you free. And so I would encourage you guys that have been free in Christ, um, that you would enjoy your freedom in Christ. You wouldn't abuse your freedom in Christ. And um, this ought to motivate us as well to communicate the gospel to other people. Um, I know people today that are um, even in religious circles, People that are in bondage to different law, different rules, different things that just kind of quench. They don't really understand who Jesus is and what he did for them. Um, but it's kind of interesting that we finished Romans and we're, we finished Leviticus here. We're kind of wrapping up this section of the law and all of the, strin the strenuous aspects of the law. And then we're on Sundays looking at grace and, and all the things that, that have been accomplished for us through Jesus, how we did it for us. And um, so, again, as we close this chapter up. Uh, we close this book up. Um, we can look back at what God required, what he wanted. We can see that God is a holy God. That's really the theme of the book, that God is holy and he wanted his people to be holy. And one thing that we know is that none of us here in and of ourselves can be holy. I need God's help. And uh, I think the reason why as soon as we as soon as you get saved, what does God give you? 
Who comes to live inside you? The Holy Spirit. Because you will never be holy without him. God says, the only way y'all be holy, I'm going to have to come live in you. And then even then, it's going to be a fight. I'm going to have to work from the inside out to sanctify you, but I'm willing to do it. And I'll come live inside everybody that puts their faith in me. And he starts to work from the inside out. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Leviticus is full of relevant content that can still be applied to us today. Yes, even the Old Testament book that seems to just be full of rules and regulations. It's full of the grace of God. No matter how many times the Israelites seem to misunderstand or misjudge God, He still forgave them. He still gave them chance after chance and gave them what they needed. How many times in your life can you see that God has done the same for you? He gives grace even when we make mistakes. He gives grace even when we don't deserve it. He gives us chance after chance after chance. There is no one else like Him. If you're struggling with your own mistakes and are having a hard time accepting the grace of God, we'd love to connect and pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online too. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus, and you won't want to miss it. Learn more next time right here on A Transforming Word.